Here we go. It's time for another Dave and Darren Top 5 Things Podcast. It is brought to you by our friends at Nature's Treatment of Illinois, Tech Drive in Milan and West Main Street in Galesburg. Milan is open every day. Galesburg is open weekdays and Saturdays. The Milan store offers both medicinal and recreational. Galesburg is recreational only. Sign up for the newsletter and connect with Nature's Treatment on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Here we go. Number one. Number one. 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 Boston. One. Guy goes out on a date. Nice romantic evening with a woman from Washington State. He met this gal online. And the date took a shocking turn when she whipped out a high-powered pink stun gun and <laughs> robbed him of over $100 at a Boston hotel. Yeah, but that still, that still doesn't make any sense. It... it What's it cost to get uh, from Washington to Boston? That $100 isn't going to cover it, is it? (laughs) The woman identified as Selena Riviera Apodaca. She's uh, from Kent, Washington. She's looking to break even. Arrested after this guy was able to escape from her hotel room. This drama unfolded on Tuesday when officers responded to a report of an armed robbery at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Boston. Hey, you want to go back to my room? Sure. (laughs) What are we going to do? He says that uh, he met this gal through an online dating site, Uh and they went up to her hotel room after meeting in the lobby. They chatted for a half an hour when out of nowhere, she pulls out a pink taser. It's the femme fatale model. Uh Uh-huh. That packs 3.5 million volts. She held it to the man while she rummaged through his pockets. Allegedly stole over $100 from this guy before he was able to run from the room and notify hotel security. Best day they've had in 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) Officers went to the woman's hotel room. She denied knowing the victim and said she'd never seen him before. She then became uncooperative and began a FaceTime conversation with another fella while the cops were asking her questions. (laughs) Gotta move on. That's when officers spotted a pink stun gun on the top of her luggage. How does he know you have a pink stun gun if you've never met this guy? Well, they confiscated the taser, and she was taken into custody, booked into jail, and is going to be arraigned on a charge of armed robbery, because, yeah, you can't do that. Well, yeah, you gotta rob him. You rob him. Before he spends any money. She had, right. Don't take me out Let's for just, dinner. Dinner, <laughs> nothing. Let's just get up to my room. Okay. Well, I like where this date is going. Uh-huh. And honestly, I don't mind the uh, going through my pockets looking for money. No, that's fine. That's that's something of a thrill for me here in Boston. But. Still the best date in a decade. <laughs> I like that she's on the phone with another guy. Is she's trying to set up another? I've got a, other parts, another appointment. I've got other parts of Boston to be in. Yeah, right. My oh, this is my nine o'clock. He's coming over. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip him off as well. That's dating these days, I suppose. Two, two, two. Story from Escanaba, Michigan, which is in the Upper Peninsula of the great state of Michigan. Officials are describing it as a brazen attack. A bald eagle snatched a drone that belongs to the state of Michigan. It was being flown to document shoreline erosion. There's some damage there in the UP. And they were using this drone to kind of document the shoreline damage. The bald eagle saw the drone and said, 
Not today. Surely not today. Went after it, attacked it. This is a $950 drone. And they had a fight. Or fell in love with it. <laughs> I think they're describing it as a brief tussle. You make an excellent point. Because all bird sex looks like it's a fight. Oh, who's the new kid in town? <laughs> I like what I see. <laughs> you, had, you had me at hello. <laughs> They're describing it as a brief tussle, and then the bald eagle ripped off one of the propellers from the drone and sent it to the bottom of Lake Michigan near Escanaba. So that drone uh, is no longer working. And we've got a contest. We want to know what we should call the bald eagle. (laughs) You're listening to Bald Eagle and Company. Oh, we're going to give it away tickets. (laughs) Drone was being operated by a pilot for the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy. That's Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy, which is called Eagle. So an Eagle drone taken out by a bald eagle. That's a coincidence, right? I guess. The state of Michigan says here in a news release here, uh, quote, the attack could have been a territorial squabble with the electronic foe or just a hungry eagle, or maybe it didn't like its name being misspelled because Environment Great Lakes and Energy spells it E-G-L-E, but they call it Eagle. Eagle's drone team is considering steps to reduce the possibility of a repeat attack, including possibly using skins or other designs on the aircraft to make them look less like seagulls. Eagle quality analyst and drone pilot Hunter King was on his fourth mapping run of the day with the drone, capturing images of shoreline erosion so the state agency can document recent high water levels that have affected the Great Lakes and then give them some data which they can use to help cope with the damage. Pilot said the drone was about seven minutes into its mapping flight when he noticed the satellite reception was getting weak. He pressed the go home recall button and the drone turned. And an eagle came with it. (laughs) Watching the video screen, and that's when the drone made a beeline for home, but then it started twirling furiously. He said it looked like a bad roller coaster ride. And when he looked up, the drone was gone and an eagle was flying away. A nearby couple confirmed that they saw the eagle strike something, but they were surprised to learn it was a drone. Both King and the couple said the eagle appeared uninjured as it flew away from the scene. Is the eagle going to be all right, Uncle Darren? They could not find it. It is at the bottom of uh, Lake Ichigumi there. 150 feet from shore landed and four feet of water. They were only identified as a nearby couple. <laughs> we're not comfortable giving our names. No, no, no. I, we don't, I don't need that eagle causing yeah. problems at my home. Eagle Unmanned Aircraft Systems Coordinator Arthur Ostazuski 
brought a kayak and some snorkeling gear to look for the drone. With near-zero visibility and water darkened by tannin, Ostrazewski scrapped the snorkel and instead walked a grid pattern, shuffling his feet for two hours in soft muck. Quote, Like I was playing Battleship and wanted to cover the entire board. Had no luck finding the drone. I considered getting in the water. Abandoned the search when lightning began to accompany a cold drizzle. Yeah, boy. I'm not getting killed for a dead drone. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah, this story gives you all the specifics. Uh, if, uh, how's this? The, the ill-fated flight's final moments. According to the drone data from the Eagle drone, uh, the Eagle strike occurred at 7 minutes and 39 seconds into the flight. Speed instantly dropped from 22 miles per hour to 10 miles per hour within a half second. A lot of details. The flight record shows the beginning of a downward spiral along with excessive spinning warnings. In the next 3.5 seconds, the drone sent 27 warning notifications, including one that a propeller had been torn off. This poor drone knew what was happening to it in its last moments. It's not like a commercial airliner went down. I, I've i spent some time the in the UP. investigation into this drone. I've spent some time in the UP, not as much as, as I did when I was a kid. We used to go up there all the time when I was a kid. And I don't remember there being eagles up there. Well, you, you went up there enough to, to get to the point where you were comfortable calling it UP. Yeah, the UP. That's what everyone calls it. Huh. That, that's not a weird thing to call it. Just saying. You're in the know. Turns out eagles have had a nice uptick in Michigan the last couple of years. 2019, a federal survey found 849 active nesting sites in both the upper and lower peninsulas, which is a big jump compared to the low numbers of the 70s. There were only, when I was a kid going up there to the UP, there were only 76 nesting sites. Now, 849, which is great. I mean, it's good news for the bald eagles. Not good news for drones. Hey, everybody, we need a name for this eagle. <laughs> Number three. 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 But there's no trick-or-treats this year, right? You wouldn't think so. They can't have trick-or-treats. Well, I mean, I can put it in a bowl down by the sidewalk, and then you guys do what you want yeah, with it. Yeah, that's, that's not happening, right? There isn't going to be trick-or-treats this year. When I saw all the candy, I was thinking, ah, there's probably going to be a lot of leftover candy. I always ask this question, and I don't know that I've ever gotten a satisfactory answer. Who's buying candy now for Halloween? It's August 14th. Who are the... Are you buying it because you're afraid the store will run out? Or they're just providing cover for people who want to have candy. Oh, I typically don't buy candy. I'm not much of a candy eater myself, Uh but... Oh, Halloween, you know. You got to tell that story when you go to the checkout line. Uh-huh. You got to make a big deal out let, of it. Let them know. That oh, the candy. Yeah. Oh, that's for the kids. You know, Halloween's going to be here before you know it. Typically, I don't gobble down three bags of this uh, candy corn, but. You, you know, you keep coming to this checkout line with your candy. I'm aware of what you're And you're, you're noticeably are. heavier than when you first got here. Every year we put up with this, Noreen. You're putting on. Wait. There is a ring of chocolate around your mouth. Not much of a candy eater, though. I I don't have much of a sweet tooth. But, you know, Halloween, you got to make sure you have some on hand. And then late at night, I don't know, that sweet tooth takes over. Maybe you buy candy now because 
maybe there'll be a shortage. I mean, there have been shortages of other things, right? Toilet paper, coins. But it just seems to me like, one, there isn't going to be trick-or-treating. Two, having all that candy in your house for two and a half months just seems like a bad idea. Yeah, we uh, we had some leftover. We still have some leftover Halloween candy from last year. How is that possible? I don't know. Because we, we didn't eat it. I mean, I understand how it's possible, but I don't understand how it's possible. I get the, I get the how that happened, but how it, did that happen? It, it happened by not getting rid of it. Because you didn't have enough trick-or-treaters? Um, did you buy too oh, much? We, yeah, we always buy too much. Too much candy? Always. There's nothing worse than running out. I had that happen one year, and it has scarred me to the point where I always buy way too much candy. Why was like Cindy Lou looking up at you with yeah. tears in her eyes? Well, yeah, kind of. Gee, mister. I had to run out and get a bag of candy during trick-or-treats, and I thought I had enough. But that was back when Davenport had different trick-or-treat times than the rest of the cities. So you would just get busloads of kids from other... And I'm, I'm dead serious. There was a bus that was drive, driven into my neighborhood on East Central Park. And kids got off the bus, and they were clearly not, they weren't even from Iowa, for crying out loud. What about the kid who told you to uh, put the candy in the bag? Snap! Yo. (laughs) Snap. Yeah, that was, I lived, it was 25 years ago this Halloween. I was living on West 15th Street, and uh, my my roommates were all Palmer students Uh who had no interest in doing trick-or-treats. And I thought, well, that's, you guys are horrible. Yeah. Kids in this neighborhood. Halloween is fun. It's for kids. They yes. need, they want they want candy. It's like. not about you. Right. So I went and I bought a big box of little Snickers bars. I remember the box came in a it was it looked like Frankenstein's head. Uh-huh. But Frankenstein was was in fact Chicago Bears running back Craig Ironhead Hayward. Oh. May he rest in peace. Yeah. So it was like a promotion they did. I'm like Ironhead, I, I can't. Can I not get that? This makes all the sense in the world. So I get the bag of Snickers bars, or it's a box, and I sit and I wait for the the kids to come, and they and I, I wait, I wait, and, and I then wait. and but then they start showing up, and none of them are wearing costumes, which okay, um, that's you know, it's not the it's not the end of the world, not the fanciest neighborhood in the Quad Cities, but they're coming to the door with pillowcases and with with bags. But none of them are saying trick or treat. Uh huh. At least you can do that. Well, that's the deal. If you, if you don't have the costume, I get it. Uh, right. You, but you're, you're you're out getting candy. I get it that you don't have a costume. Although you could have thrown something together. But still. So as opposed to saying trick or treat, they say what? Well, they say nothing. They mm. just hold the bag and they don't say hello. They don't. So I decide I'm going to teach the children. It's it's my job to impart the... to them the wisdom of. Now, you know, what do you say? We can turn this into, right. uh, yeah. I turn into the most condescending jerk ever. I'm like, what is it that you're supposed to say to me? And this kid looks at me, and he looks at his bag, and he just says this. He says, yo, snap. <laughs> like, I don't have time to talk to Did you. Did that work? So, I gave him the candy. Yeah, it worked. And I turned the light off. And then I had, <laughs> I, I had Snickers this, bars for days. This Halloween is over. You, you don't want to. The kids in this neighborhood are, are jerks. You don't want to do a trick or treat. I'm like, you guys are monsters. I'll the show kid, you. These kids aren't jerks. 
All they need is someone to believe in them. Yeah. And I believe in these children. Now, what is it you say? Yo. Snap. I quit wasting my time. Quit flapping your gums and give me that candy. All right, that's it. Trick-or-treating is over. I'm taking this Ironhead Hayward box of Snickers to my room. They're mine. You kids get nothing now. We'll see if there's trick-or-treats. I just don't see how it's possible. Well, you play it how you want to play it. Well, at some point, we'll get some direction from the cities about what they're going to do, right? You would think. I'll just uh, probably... I'm, I think I'll just put it out by the sidewalk. Or I maybe 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 on the other side of the street. <laughs> not in the street. No, not in the street. I wouldn't do that. Don't do that. No. How's this for a disguise? Lions have been eating cows. And there's... It's a problem, I guess, when you have livestock in an area that has lions. You don't have to worry about that here. But these big cats, this is in Botswana, big cats have been uh, making off with the cows. So they're trying to figure out, what do you do? You got lions, you got leopards, you got tigers. These are what they call in the game ambush predators. Mm -hmm. They rely on stalking their prey, and the element of surprise is what they use. Bagging a cow, that's quite a payoff. Well, yeah, you eat for a couple days, right? So you got your livestock there, and you're losing lion. You're losing all of your livestock to lions and leopards. What's the solution? Well, they came up with something that is working, and it's this: they're painting eyes, like eyeballs, mm-hmm. on the cow's butt. Yes, I'm looking at you. So when the lion tries to sneak up on it, uh-huh. it looks to the lion like, "Oh, it sees me." I don't have the element of surprise. No. I can't do this. I'm going to still need to wait. Lions cannot attack cattle if they have eyes painted on their butts. This is an incredibly cost-effective way to avoid having your cows get taken by lions. Lions look and they, they see the eyes on the butt. and they Lions don't know that cows don't have eyes on their butt. Lions are really, really dumb animals. They see the eyes and they think, oh, this isn't worth it because it sees me. It's looking at me. I can't do this. That could cause some unintended consequences, though, I suppose, with some of the farm hands. <laughs> Number four. 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 Bicycle Bob in the news. He's 95 years old and he just cycled his 100,000th mile. Guy's a World War II vet. And he loves being on his bike, uh-huh. and he's got a, an odometer on it, and it just turned 100,000 miles. 95. Bicycle Bob. Bob Metower. He says, the reason I'm doing this is I can do the things that I do because I do what I do, and I'm going to keep going. That doesn't make any sense, Bob. Guy rides nine miles a day, rain or shine. The only time he ever stopped was when he had a shoulder injury for a little bit. But every day, this guy does nine miles. And where is this again? Where does he do this? Santa Maria, California. Okay, so he's got the weather for it. Yeah. I don't know if you could pull this off here. Although there are people that ride their bikes in the snow. Far too many for my liking. 
We had a had blizzard. There was some dope on 53rd Street. Yeah, with, riding, the big, with the big tires? Yeah. I got fat tires so I can ride my bike in the snow. You shouldn't be riding your bike in the snow. You're going to get yourself killed. And because it was so cold, he had on like a, a dark winter coat and like black snow pants. It was like he was trying to get hit. And look, if if you've made a decision to end your life, keep me out of it. I'm an insurance cheat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this way, if I fall off the bike, I land in some soft snow. Nine miles a day. And now he's up to, again, 100,000 miles on his bike. Isn't that crazy? Shouldn't take him that long. Yeah, you're, you're saying he... He started late in life. You think he should be up higher, more than a hundred thousand miles? Uh, maybe not. Yeah, three. It's it's almost thirty three hundred miles a year. And he just did a one hundred. He just got to one hundred thousand. Yeah. And this is a guy again who fought in World War Two. Well, he didn't start bicycling then. No. Because uh, you should have a lot more miles than that. <laughs> so you're disappointed. <laughs> you're disappointed with bicycle, Bob. Martellotti explains how he's inspiring everyone in a Santa Maria neighborhood. What an inspiration he is. Well, everyone here seems inspired by Bicycle Bob. One of his friends is a triathlete and says he hopes to accomplish half of what Bob has done. And I do triathlons and all this, and I've never met anybody who's ridden 100,000 miles. Yeah, so. make it about you, stupid. <laughs> you know I'm a triathlete. Make sure that gets in the piece. Uh, 95-year-old man riding a bike, but you know I'm a triathlete. Way to be an attention whore. You should have well over 200,000 miles. Why Bob. are you disappointed in this man? I'm just saying. He, you, should have aco- you should have accomplished 100,000 miles 40 years ago. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> Bicycle Bob? How about a little reality check? You are. Your math doesn't add up, buddy. You're either lying or you're lazy. Five. 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 Number five. Remember nice the cobblestone. story of the lobster named Claude? Yes. Who was a blue lobster? Yes. That somehow ended up at a red lobster. Red lobster. And he was saved. Right. For how long? The blue lobster that they, that they discovered there. Uh, and then they were going to send it off to the... Like it was an aquarium, right? Yeah. Because a, a lobster like this, a blue lobster like this, is super rare. It's one in two million uh, blue lobsters, right? So how this thing was captured and then sent off to a red lobster, well, it's, it's just, it's again, one in two million chance. And the people at Red Lobster knew to not cook this red lobster. They saved him so that he could go and live... In a aquarium. I wonder if it was the lobster that knew he was at a red lobster and was just holding his breath. <laughs> I got to think of something fast. Consider yourself zing. Zing of the day. 
<laughs> Let's see if this will work. I'm, I'm out of ideas. I, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> this is this is a last ditch effort to get out of here. <laughs> well, you do a lot of lobster eating. I've I've had lobster. I don't love it. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What do you got a problem with the texture? It's just it's. Well, it's good. You know it's good. It's fine. I would much. I could eat crab all day long. Well, they're pretty similar. My issue is when I'm having lobster. I think I, I wish I'd rather have crab right now. What? Yeah, I've had some really good. I've been to some really good lobster places, and I've had you know I had lobster once in Boston. There at the uh, Quincy Market, right on the shore. Wonderful place. Incredible ambiance. Mm-hmm. And the lobster came and... And the whole time you're thinking, I wish I had crabs? I What's wrong them? with why you? Didn't I, why didn't I get the snow crabs? What's the matter with me? So much easier to eat? Mm-hmm. Lobster? Is it? Well, yeah. Then you dig, gotta go then... digging around? Oh. Well, uh, anyway, when the... Uh, Where's the, the lobster now? The lobster was was on its way um, to the aquarium, and as a result, uh, it, it it passed away. Oh snap! <laughs> this is the dawning of the age of aquarium. It did not make its way. Oh hell! To its uh, forever home, and also. Uh, well, then I hope someone enjoyed him. <laughs> um, when they got the. Lobster to the aquarium, it was non-responsive. And when she died, Claude, the lobster, it was a she, apparently. Uh, when she died, she lost her color. Oh. Because when they pass away, lobsters lose their color. So you just got a dead lobster. Yeah. And well. you can't even, you can't even, nothing you can do. Draw the butter. So. So yeah, this lobster that was gonna go live its life in an aquarium never made it. Died in transit. That's that's the saddest story maybe of all time. Maybe you've learned your lesson, Red Lobster. <laughs> yeah, they just wasted the lobster. Yeah. Make make the sale when you can make the sale. Yeah, because in the end, I mean, no, you're not gonna eat a dead lobster, right? That's not a that's that'd be a good name for a restaurant, dead lobster. I get your biscuits right here. Dead lobster. You'd probably get a cease and desist, right? You'd probably get something in the mail if you opened up a restaurant these, called Dead Lobster. These biscuits are so dry. That's right. Welcome to Dead Lobster. The logo's a lobster with X's for eyes. Yeah, we're not going to serve live. Lo- I don't have a tank with live lobsters. That's that's uh, that's can, can, crazy. Can I get another glass of water? These biscuits are so dry. No, we don't have we don't have water. You want a soda? I regret telling you this story. I I should have just let everyone think that the lobster was living her best life in an aquarium, but that's what happened. She was. Uh, she she died before they could get the tank ready for her. Apparently, they're getting a special tank ready for for this blue lobster. What'd you do? Take her outside and play with her? <laughs> <Or> she, <laughs> we were playing fetch. 
How and, difficult uh, is it to away. keep a lobster alive? Well, they're meant to live in the sea. They're not meant to live with a, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You can't. You can't keep a lobster as a pet. They make because lousy. they are a delicacy. Yes, they make lousy house pets. Nobody, nobody has a pet lobster at their house. So, same thing with a dolphin, right? <laughs> yes, it's the same thing. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. And that's going to do it for today's top five things podcast. Thanks it, for listening. It was brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. Nature's Treatment offers a wide selection of products for recreational use, including flower vapes and edibles. The recreational waiting list for both locations, Milan and Galesburg, are available. Reserve your time at ntillinois.com. Till we get a chance to do it for you again, hang loose, kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Davin Ford, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh.